the last few chapters of, uh, particularly of, of Matthew, where we've been in, in Matthew 22 and, and uh, 21 in there, we've been looking at the last week of Jesus' life. Um, we watched the triumphal entry as he came into Jerusalem, the welcome that he received there. We watched, we were looked again and went with him again as he cleansed the temple. And we are, uh, as we come to the end of chapter 22, we, in that week, our time frame, we would be about Wednesday of that final week. On Friday, he's going to be crucified. Uh, he knows that. Nobody else knows that yet, but he's headed toward the cross, toward the completion of his redemption mission that he came to earth to redeem fallen mankind. And so we're about Wednesday there, and we have watched after this uh, entry when all of Jerusalem was a stir and, and uh, he was and, and came in quite noticeably. We've watched the one after one as the religious leaders, the Jewish spiritual leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, as they almost, they, they almost like they're trading punches one after another, taking a shot at Jesus. And they've been, they've been questioning, you know, propering questions to him one after another, trying to find something really anything that they could trip him up with to, uh, that they could use against him to, to help justify the execution of Christ. And so we've, we've watched as they ask him about paying taxes. We've watched as the Sadducees ask him about uh, the resurrection, whose uh, who's wife would this woman be in the resurrection. We've watched uh, just last week as they were asking him, who, what's the greatest commandment? And every time they thought that they had a question that would put him in a corner, that if, no matter how he answered it, that they would, they would get him. They, they would get a got you on him. Well, that's ended. One after one, Jesus has silenced them. And they've, 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 they've stood there speechless or they've walked away. We're in the temple or in the temple area at least. And now it's time for Jesus to ask them one question. One question. And again, remember the, 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 uh, the people that are around, the, the, the context of all that's been taking place. They've asked him, by whose authority did you come in here and, and create this chaos of, of cleansing a temple and running people out? And he asked them a question. Who's, John, about John, whose authority did he come from? They couldn't answer that. But now Jesus asked them this question. We're going to pick it up in verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Now, Christ would have been the, the Greek word for the same for the Messiah. What think ye of Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said unto him, The son of David. And he said unto them, How then does David in spirit call him Lord, saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither durst any man from that day forward ask him any more questions. Let's pray. Lord, may your Holy Spirit quicken your word to our hearts, to our minds, and to our spirits. This morning, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. This is the question. And it could be the, it, it, it's, it's with like, a, like a surgeon going in and, and, and taking out the very, or, or, or dealing with the very source of the, of the problem. 
Jesus' question goes straight to the heart of the problem of the Jewish religion, of the religions, and of these people that were there before him. It goes to the very heart of that. What about the Messiah? What about the Messiah? Now, earlier in in, uh, John chapter 16, Jesus had asked his disciples one day as it was getting close to to this time of the ministry, he asked them, who do do people say that I am? Who 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 does the world say that I am? And the answer was, they answered and they said, well, some think that you're John the Baptist has come back to life. Uh, some think that you're, that you're a great prophet. And then Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter's answer that day, if you remember, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That was the answer. You're the Messiah. You're the son of God. Now he's asking these spiritual leaders there. Who do you believe? Who do you, what do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? Now, Jesus had a lot of, uh, there was a, everybody had an opinion about him when he was alive, and, and that continues today. While he was alive, there were those that said that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in Matthew 11, said that he was a, uh, a glutton and a, and, a, and a wine drinker and friend of tax collectors and of sinners. He was accused of, being demon-possessed and casting out devils in the names of Beelzebub. That a lot of, uh, uh, some said he was a prophet. Prophets never walked on water, but some said he was a prophet. And down through history, we find also that men and women, even those who, who do not profess faith in, in, in Christ, have an opinion about him. Ralph Waldo Emerson, who never claimed to be a, a believer, said that Jesus is the most perfect of all men that have ever appeared on earth. Napoleon called Jesus the emperor of love. Renan, one of the French atheists, a guy who, uh, (coughs) excuse me, who said that Jesus is the greatest among the sons of men. David Strauss, who, who didn't believe in any of the supernatural and really was a hater of Christianity, said this. He said, Jesus is the highest model of religion under the reach of human thought. All of them. All of them were saying, he was a great man. He was a good man. Uh, and today you will find in the world that as long as people are, 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 are placing Jesus in the realm of being a good man, there's not a lot. You don't get a lot of reaction. That's okay. It's okay for him to be a, a, a good man alongside other good men of history, good women of history. A lot of the uh, religions of the world, a lot of the cults and the clubs of the world want to regulate Jesus to being a good man. But Jesus is far more than just a good man. When they were saying he was the son of David, they understood, and this is what that they had been taught from Samuel, from the book of Samuel. God had promised that to David that he would bless David's descendants, and in David's descendants, God would raise up one that would be a deliverer that would rule forever. And so in that aspect, they were, they were saying the, the Messiah is going to be a, a, a lineage of, of David. And if we look at Scripture, Matthew begins his, his uh, writing of his letter and tracing through 
Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, we know he, Jesus was no blood kin to Joseph, but he was his earthly father. And Matthew traces from Joseph back to David. Luke would then trace back through David, through Mary, Jesus' mom, he would trace Mary's heritage, her DNA, back to King David. So on, on, in those two respects, God is right in line. But these, these men, they were looking and they were saying that the Messiah is going to be an awesome man. And he's probably going to be a, a ruler like David. He's probably going to be a great military leader. And they thought that the Messiah would, would as, as, and that leader would come in and he would uh, surely, he would uh, deliver them from Rome. Uh, he would boot Rome back to where they belonged. And he would, they were looking for a leader that would raise Israel back up into the world-dominant place like it was under David. And they were saying, when the Messiah comes, he's going to be a man that's going to do all this. Jesus uses this as a teachable moment. That answer was so inadequate. It was so incomplete. And so Jesus uses this. He grabs it. And Jesus says to him, he takes them back to the Old Testament. Now, remember, they would have, the Old Testament would have been their scriptures, they had the law, Matthew, Mark, I mean, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They had the law. They had the prophets, the, the Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh, Malachi. Had all these, all the prophets. They had the writings of David, the Psalms, and, the, and then of Solomon. They had these writings, and that was their scripture. That's what they taught. So Jesus, again, as we've seen him do before, Jesus now goes back to the scriptures with them, and he goes back to a very familiar scripture, to Psalms 110. Psalms 110 was looked at then, and still today you'll see that it was regarded as a messianic scripture. It was an Old Testament scripture that looked to the promise of the coming Messiah. And so Jesus takes them back to then, and, but there's, there's a couple of words in verse 43. In verse 44, he's quoting David in Psalm 110.1. But notice verse 43. You've got to get this. Jesus said to them, how then doth David, what's those next two words? In spirit, call him Lord. In spirit, it's the same words that's used in the book of Revelation when John says that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And, God, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to John and tell John, and John began under the direction of the Holy Spirit to write the, the, letter, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, It means to be under the control of. Jesus said, then he wanted him to know it wasn't just David's opinion. Okay? It wasn't just David's opinion. He said, how then did David, under the control of the Holy Spirit, say this? And it's important. Look at what he says in verse 44. He says, the Lord said unto my Lord... Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now look at this. We got two lords. We got a lord talking to a lord. You see this? Now, in, 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 in King James, in my translation, notice the difference. See, see the first, the Lord is all caps. Okay? Now, that, that's significant. That, that's referring to who? The Father God. It's the creator. It's Yahweh. Uh, it, it, and Jehovah, it's, it's Father God. And, and as referred to that, and that God's name was the, the writers and the scribes of Scripture uh, were, realized the holiness of God 
And they, they, and, and they were, it's almost with awe and respect and fear that they even wrote it down. They, they, they didn't want to, to, to mess up when it came to, to calling God, God. So when you see the Lord with all capture, he's talking about the Father God. He says, the Father God, the creator, said to my Lord. Who's that? That is the Son of God. So you have God the Father talking to God the Son. Under, under the direction of the Holy Spirit that told David to write that God the Father said to God the Son, sit right here on my right hand for a little while. And what was, they knew the significance of that. What does, what does it mean to sit at the right hand of, of the king? Huh? Favor. It meant authority. It meant power. That's, that's where we get our term. He, there, he's my right-hand man, or she's my, you know, the right-hand man. It meant, so to sit at the right hand of the, of, the, of the God of the universe was to sit there with all his favor, with all his power, with all his authority given unto him. So God the Father is saying to God the Son, you sit right here, what? How long? Till I make your enemies your footstool. Now, now what's, what's, he, what's he saying? That he's talking about, in, in Joshua chapter 10, and there's other places in the Old Testament, but you'll remember in Joshua 10, they just, they just won a decisive battle. And Joshua brings the kings of the defeated armies and, and nations. And he brings them and he lays them on, they lay down on the ground. And, and Joshua says to his captains of war, come and place your feet on their neck. The significance of that was these kings, this army, these rulers are no longer a threat. They're completely underneath our feet. We have them dominated. I, don't, I was telling first service, and I just thought about this. I was talking. Have you ever seen two, um, two dogs uh, and one alpha dog putting another younger dog or another, another dog under sub- submission? Uh, Zach and Nicole have a, have a, a great name, Pretty. She is an amazing, amazing, she's huge, but one of the smartest and best dogs. And, and one of her neighbors has a husky, big dog. Paige tells about going up, walking up the road one day, and, and a couple of kids, and, and Purdy was with them. And the neighbor's dog, the husky, comes roaring around the house like he's going to tear everybody up. And Purdy stops and starts walking toward the husky. And the husky stops, and Purdy goes over, literally, and just takes her paw and puts on the husky, and he just lays down. <laughs> and he got back up, and pretty put her paw on him, and he just laid down. And she was saying, what was she saying to him? Uh-uh. <laughs> now, you're not going to do this while we're going up through here. I'm dominant. Well, that may be a pitiful picture, but the picture is, is God the Father saying to the Messiah, saying to God the Son, you sit at my right hand, you wait right here, until I bring all your enemies under, subne- under your feet, under subjection. And so that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is, is clearly saying that the Messiah would be man for sure. He would, Jesus would, would thirst. He'd get thirsty. Jesus would get hungry. I loved it. He liked to eat fish. Evidently, I mean, I loved it. He would get, he'd get tired. Jesus knew what it was like growing up in the, with, with his father's car. He knew what it was like when he hit his finger with a hammer to hurt. I mean, he, he's bound to have done it. If you'd been around a carpentry long enough, you've got hurt. He knew what it was like to hurt. He knew what it was like to, to laugh. 
He knew what it was like to cry, weeped over Israel, over Jerusalem. He knew what it was like to, to die, to experience death. He was definitely all man, but he was more than that. And to say that Jesus is just man is to, is to really say, hey, he's just a man and, and he's, he's lived a good life and we ought to try to, to maybe live, you know, he set us an example, but it's no more than that. And that's what the world is okay with. And that's where the religious leaders, but that's the problem. Jesus came saying, no, no, I'm far more than that. You remember when his disciples were, they, Jesus was talking to them on one occasion and they said, Lord, just show us the Father. If you'll show us Father God, that's, we'll never ask you anything else. Remember that? And you remember his, his answer to them? He said, if you have seen me, what did he say? You've seen the Father? Now listen, Jesus didn't say, if you've seen me, I look a lot like Father God. He didn't say that, did he? Huh? And, and I'm fully convinced that Jesus always said what he meant and meant what he said. I mean, he's unlike a lot of, a, you know, a lot of us. Barbie and I have been married 48 years, and sometimes... I, this other day, I, I said something, and Barbara said, you said so-and-so. And I said, I never said that. She said, why, well, you did? And I said, well, that's not what I meant. I mean, we've been married 48 years. You need to understand what I meant, not what I say. <laughs> and she'll, she'll look at me, and she said, well, just say what you mean then. And I'm thinking, I'm trying, I'm trying. Jesus never had that problem. So for Jesus to say to these disciples that day, if you've seen me, you've seen God. Remember, he said to the religious leaders, they asked him about, well, was you here before Abraham? They said one, on one occasion when they was asking him who they, they thought he was, and they were really put his face, and they said, well, we're not, we're not born of fornication. Boy, that was a slap. That was a slap. Well, oh, rumor has it that, uh, you know, how you were born, big boy. We're not like that. Abraham's our father. And remember what Jesus said to them? Before Abraham was, I am. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. That's God's words. When Moses was stood before the burning bush and, he, and God was speaking to him and Moses said, hey, listen, I like what you're saying, but when I go down and tell the Egyptians that, that you, you sent me and they're going to say, well, who sent you? He said, what do I tell them? And remember what God said? I am that I am. I always have been, I always will be, always going to be. That's me. And so when Jesus tells that to the religious leaders, they were fierce. Why? Because the Messiah was going to be a man. Here was a crazy man. Some thought possessed of demons. Some said he was a good man. But here is a man claiming to be God. And there's no way they're going to say he's God. And Jesus says to them, hey, how did David under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit say that Father God said to the Son of God set here Jesus is saying I'm God and they they're going to they're, 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 they're going to compromise and say well, you're, you're a good man but they were going to say they said when the Messiah is going to be a good man as for you you got to be crazy they should have known. We look at this and say, well, well maybe they didn't know because they were been taught. They should have known. There's a couple of verses in John that every time I read them, I go, wow, wow. John chapter 20, 
And, and toward the end of his writing, and John has recorded miracle after miracle uh, that Jesus has done. He's performed signs and all this. And John chapter 20, verse 30 and verse 31, look at what he says. He says, and, and many other signs truly Jesus did in the presence of his disciples, which, which ain't written in this book, okay? But these are written. He said, I could have wrote, I could have told you so much more, but what I've told you, I've told you for this purpose. Look at this. That you might believe that Jesus is what? The Christ. There's that word again, the Messiah. What does it say? The Son of God. And that believing, you might have life through his name. What's he saying? He said, John said, I've written all these things down. Make no mistake. Jesus, the Messiah, is not just a good man. He's all man, but he's all God. Because only God can forgive sins. Only God can set the captives free. Only God has the power of give hope to the hopeless, life to the dead. That's God. But John said, I've written all these things down so that when you see them and when you evaluate them and when you look at them, they'll leave no doubt that Jesus is God. Leave no doubt he's God. There's another verse in Revelation that's really Last chapter of Revelation, and uh, John writing, on the, again, under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. It says, I, Jesus, have sent my angels to testify to you these things in the churches, the letters that he wrote to the churches in Revelation. Look at what he says. This is Jesus speaking. He said, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. What's he saying? How can you be the root and the offspring, because he was before David, and he is after David. He's God. He's God. He was there in the creation before David was ever born. He's the root, and, and God would raise up out of David. He would raise up, and then through David's descendants, son of man, son of God, the Christ man, the Messiah. Wow. He was all these. He's also all God. He was the creator, the commander. He, he commanded nature. He said to the storm, peace, be still. He commanded them and told them what to do. He was a provider. He was a healer. He was a forgiver of sin. He was the great judge. He has demonstrated this in all his life that we have record of here. And he has all the attributes of God. He's holy. He's true. He's wise. He's sovereign. He's eternal. He's loving. He's glorious. We could not describe him if we used all the words in the English language. He's far above that because he's God. Redeemer, holy one, Lord of lords, king of kings, alpha, omega, life, light. <laughs> wow. Is there any wonder that they, they hushed? But again, this was it. This was it. Who's the Messiah? He's, he's, a, he's a descendant of David. He's going to be a great man. Jesus said, that's not completely, that's not the whole answer. He's all those, but he's God. Jesus said, I didn't just come to give you something to talk about and emulate to. I came to give you God's words and God's commands for you to follow. There's a, look at, look at how Paul would describe uh, 
in Romans 1. Before we go there, if you turn to Romans 1, there's how to describe it. But someone, I had this, someone said this, if God became a man, you would expect that his human life would be sinless. Jesus was. If God were to become a man, we would expect his life to be a model of purity. Jesus was. If God was a man, we'd expect his words to be greatest words that ever were spoken. They were. If God were to become a man, we'd expect him to exert, I like this, a profound power. He did. If God were to become a man, we'd expect some kind of supernatural acts to show us that. He did. If God were to become a man, we'd expect him to be that we expect him to manifest the love of God. No greater love has any man than this, that he laid down his life. And Jesus did. Look at what Paul says in Rome. I love the way, I, I love, I love the way. Well, that sounds pretty, I like what Paul says in Romans, Romans 1. It says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he's promised before the, by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You see what, see what Paul's saying? In this, as he introduces this, um, some people call Romans the, one of the greatest treatises in all Christendom. It's, it's, somebody has been described as, as the Christian's Declaration of Independence. It's our constitution. It's powerful. But Paul begins it all by saying, the authority with which I'm writing is through Christ, the son of David, the son of God. That's what he wanted us to see. And then I love it. We just finished uh, recently in John chapter 1, first few verses there, and then verse 14. We talked about this at Christmas, right? At Christmas, we talk about that, that the, the awesome thing of Christmas is not just the way that God did it. I mean, letting, letting the, the Messiah be born in a, in a stable. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's, who would ever thunk that? I mean, that's, that's awesome. Not just the way he did it, with the wise men, with the, with the shepherds, with all this that took place. You know? I mean, that, that's, that's all. But the, but the Christmas, think about it. And I love, that, I love the song. It's Emmanuel. The, the, we, Christmas without God coming in the flesh. It's no Christmas. This is another good man born. But when Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, and when Mary, the virgin, gave birth to this son of God, he was God come to earth in flesh and blood to redeem and to rescue you and me and any other who would believe. Look at what John says. John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the light of men. And look at verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Make no mistake. John is saying Jesus Christ is the word. And the word is God. And make no mistake, when Jesus Christ came to earth, it was God dwelling among us, and we beheld his glory. Look at this. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. What does that remind you of? John 3.16, right? 
that God would, uh, so the word that gave his only begotten Son of God, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus Christ, Son of man, Son of God. Well, with that, they weren't able to answer him a word. And nobody dared ask him any other question. They were willing to concede that when the Messiah come, he would be a good man, but they didn't think that was him. Jesus said, that's only partially right because a son of man, so much more, he's a son of God. I love the way Josh McDowell does, uh, worded it in his, in his uh, book, The Evidence That Demands a Verdict. He said, you're really left with three choices. He said, either Jesus is a liar because he claimed to be God, and if he's not God, he's a liar, or he's a lunatic. He's a crazy man that thinks he's God, but he's nothing but a crazy man. Or he really is who he claims to be, and he's Lord. Jesus said, what do you think? And the question to us today is, who is he to you? The world, uh, you'll have no problem with the world if you want to say Jesus was just a good man. That's no problem. But when you say Jesus was God, it stirs up the demons of hell because they know that's true. They know that's true. And in him, in Christ, is life. In him, we see the Father. In him, we know the Father. In him, we have relationship with Father God. Wow. Let's pray. Father, this morning, so thankful for your word. This true and never changes. Your word that um, is eternal life. And this morning, Father, as we've uh, reached the end of this chapter and we've looked at back and forth with all the questions, and now Jesus' one question that really zeroes in on the very heart of the matter is they could not accept that he was God. Father, today, I still find that to be the, the very focal point of a lot of the discussion among the leaders of the world and the religious leaders of the world in different places. They wanna, some want to regulate him to being a good man. Some say, well, no, he's more than that. Maybe he's kind of a prophet or like some of the other people we've known. You stand out alone. You said you're God. And Father, that makes all the difference in the world when we give our allegiance to you, when we submit to your authority, when you lay your hand upon our head and we yield before you. It's not yielding to the authority of an earthly king. It's yielding under the almighty power of the King of kings and Lord of lords, that you're God, you're sovereign, and we can trust you. We can trust you, Lord, not just with things in this life, but, Lord, we can trust you with eternal life, with our eternal destiny. You're truly Messiah. And this morning, Father, it's my prayer that each one of us here today grasp a little bit more than what we had a hold of maybe a while ago about what that means, that you are God. And now before as we continue to pray and before we, Daryl's going to come and lead us in a, in a closing song here. And there'll be uh, people that'll come down front and they will surely be here to pray with you. If, if you're here and all of a sudden, if the Holy Spirit this morning is convicting you and you're saying, hey, hey I, I know, I believe that Jesus was 
who he said it was. And, but you know what? This morning, the Holy Spirit's convicted me that I've just never really realized him as God and my Lord. Not just my Lord, but he is God. He is Lord. Whether I accept him as my Lord or not is, is, is not going to matter to who he is. He is. But it matters everything to me. So if that's you and you've never trusted Christ, it's my prayer that you'll trust him this morning, that you'll come possibly and pray with one of these that's here. They would love to pray with you. If you're here this morning and there's, your heart is burdened, it's heavy. Some of you have got loved ones that uh, we're praying for, and some of you have got not only physically, but there's many that's got family members that don't know Christ as Savior. Oh, if we asked them today, they would probably say that, they, that Jesus is, is, they know Jesus is God's son. But knowing who he is is so far from knowing him personally. If you just want to come and pray with someone, there'll be somebody down front to pray with you. Let me pray and then Daryl's going to come. Father, I pray now that your Holy Spirit do everything you want to do in our lives right now. In Christ's name. Let's stand. Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel. sinners the ransom from heaven Jesus Messiah Lord of all Jesus Messiah He's the name He's a name above all names blessed Messiah, Lord of all, Jesus Messiah, Lord of all, He's the Lord of all, Lord of all. be the Lord of all in your life and this week. And if you don't know him as your Lord, there's some people here that can show you the way to the Lord and you can receive him as your personal Savior and he can be the Lord of all. Amen. God go with you.